Today's a little bit different of an episode. We have a guest on. His name is Tom, and he's not super familiar with the manual, but he is a podcast listener. So if there's any of you out there, maybe you can relate. And he's the pastor of another local community church here. We're happy to have him on. Welcome to the 3D Disciples podcast, where we're working together to develop disciples who display God's love as we deploy into God's world. Join us on this journey by liking, subscribing, and following this channel. I'm your host, Hannah, and alongside us is the pastor of FBC Clarion, Jason Hunter. May Jesus help us climb to new heights. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Hello, Hannah. Yep, it's Tom. Yeah, the far end, Jason's in the middle, and I'm your host, Hannah, here on the end. Anybody who's watching online, if you're listening, um, it doesn't matter where we're sitting to you at all. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that we're all wearing long sleeves because it's getting cold out. Um, that's just the nature of weather here in Clarion. Um, so, Tom, we really appreciate you coming on and being willing. You're one of our first guests kind of outside of the our church window. So what made you decide to be willing to come on? Oh, well, Jason asked if I would, was the first one, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was, I've been lis- a listener, long time listener, first time caller type of thing, <laughs> uh, but it, That's good. uh, just a, uh, it's, it's been a phenomenal journey just kind of following along with, uh, with what you guys have been taking the church through and, and, uh, every time Jason and I got to see each other, which hadn't been until recently because of your schooling, we hadn't gotten yeah. that much interaction, but, uh, what, when, I'd see you, I'd say, hey, I've been following the podcast, really enjoyed this, or I had a question about something. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and and so, yeah, he said, hey, would you like to, so interested in getting you on the podcast. And I said, oh, great. He said, this Wednesday at 8. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, this is quick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. So everybody knows Tom, it's Tom Schweitzer. He's the pastor at Grace Community. Community. Yeah. I always want to say Grace Baptist, but that's not right. No. Grace Community out of Sligo. Is that your... Yeah, yeah, it's the official address. Yeah, it's in it's in a little town called Curlsville, but it's a Sligo mailing address. Were you guys part of, um, I did a Grace Youth Retreat. Do you guys still do that? I think that's through you guys at all. I don't know. Uh, we've done, the uh, last couple of years we've done one. It used to be uh, over at the Mahoning Bible Church or something? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we've done a few there. Do so we have like a gym inside your church? No. Okay. Maybe it wasn't no. different grace. I mean, we use it like it's a gym, but yeah. others call it the sanctuary. Oh. And, and, you know, we, <laughs> so it's a little off untraditional where it doesn't have like pews and everything in it. It has pews. Yeah. Okay. We just use it like a gym. Yeah, hey, yeah, Jason threw a football in our pews one time. So. Yeah. yeah. Almost I, missed. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. I cut you off. Um, sorry. What no, else no, you so that's just who Tom? Tom is. He's a, I don't know if I've mentioned ever the league of pastors is a group of pastors here in Clarion that get together every week and pray together. Eight, ten of us, eight or ten uh, churches. Depending on the week, yeah. Depending on the week represented right now. So he's a member of the League of Pastors, a good friend, avid hunter. So we talk about uh, hunting quite a bit. And I knew he'd start following the podcast. And so I thought it'd be a good chance for us to get some outside perspective, like you said. Like, yeah. So like, you know, help us see this from a different angle. Yeah. So that's like my first question is like, how were you introduced to this 3D journey that we're on? At FBC, oh uh, well, I went through the the League of Pastors. We were uh, we were discussing different events happening inside our churches and things that we can celebrate that God's doing mm-hmm. inside the walls of our own individual churches. And Jason mentioned, hey, we're we're kicking off this discipleship journey. Uh, an element of that will be a podcast that we're going to be putting out. And I love podcasts. I 
Um, I don't listen to music at all, uh, except for what my kids want to listen to. And, you know, which is like wheels on the bus and weird other songs uh, that's randomly cool to a second grader, you know? And we, so I, I'm podcast exclusively. And so I was, uh, pumped to listen to it so I started listening to it and just kind of following along and uh and every time a new one pops on I'm I catch it you know so, so yeah. right before we started recording I actually asked you if you've ever even like have you seen the manual at all have you opened yeah, it up J- before Jason gave me one I I leafed through a little bit and it's uh I, I've got a stack yay big of books I need to get to <laughs> and um and and it's in that stack yeah so, but you're yeah. benefiting just from the conversations like not even the supplement because like, my questions usually come from there's a sermon there's notes in my manual and then I come up with the questions for the podcast. So it's not even a supplement to you. It's like, yeah, this is free information. I, mean, I'll, um, I catch a sermon sometimes because one of the realities of being a pastor that I like, they just don't prepare you for a whole lot in seminary. And, uh, there could be a whole class on what seminary didn't prepare you for. Yeah. Or I think there's a few books about it, but even that probably falls short. Uh, but one of them is uh, I felt a real, hole in my life because I'd grown up, I've grown up since I was about first grade going to church and my, my parents had me in church every week since first grade. And I went to Christian college and in church every week. And, and then I, I begin pastoring and I, I feel a deficit and I'm realizing I'm not getting to take in a sermon at all. Ooh, like I'm presenting, but yeah. I'm never being built into. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I started actually listening to uh, Matt Chandler down in Texas and, uh, and, and listened to his stuff. But then I, I got connected to these guys. So I try and take in one of their sermons weekly or if I can just to try. And so every now and then I catch one of yours and, mm-hmm. and dig in. So it, it's just an opportunity. So I'm catching it that way. Um, and I'm kind of coming into the podcast with fresh eyes and just listening mm-hmm. to what you had to say. But did you relate to anything? We had an episode, maybe you haven't heard it, where I asked Jason's questions about like basically just what it's like to be a pastor. Did you relate to any of that? Or when did was you that hear one? That? Well, that was first season, so that would have been yeah, it was the first was some season. time ago now. Oh, I probably listened to it and forgot it already. Well, I'm going to ask yeah. you one of them from it, yeah. um, which is, is there anything of views of yours that have changed like since you've graduated seminary where you were like staunch, like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be, but... Now they're out here living in the world. Uh, when <laughs> when I graduated, I knew everything wrong with evangelicalism and how to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you were just waiting for somebody to ask. Right, yeah. <laughs> and if they didn't, I would just go ahead and breach the subject. But um, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, his name's Jason. Uh, he's down in Virginia. And he, he actually came up and uh, was the camp speaker. We did, did a youth retreat just a few months ago, and he was the speaker for that. And uh, I actually pushed him so hard that I put him on anxiety medication. <laughs> oh my! Um, yeah, I, I can be rabid if I I want something, you know. And and so uh, so so it was really that softening of I don't have all the answers, or um, yeah, I can see where a boat needs turned, but let's take five years and turn that, mm-hmm. and not let's do it in one conversation, you know. And, and so so it's that kind of like softening of my approach to things really is, mm-hmm. is a big piece of it. Uh, and how, um, how I structure my, the way I plan sermons and the way I structure how I, uh, approach the people in the church and, you know, just different things of the, more of the nuts and bolts of ministry yeah. has changed, uh, just because, um, it's not 
what they taught us it would be, you know, and, and they didn't do a lot of teaching on here's what it's going to look like to do ministry. Mm-hmm. There's no, there was no class on you're going to fall in love with these people and then bury some of them. Ooh. Like there was just no class on that, you know, mm-hmm. like there, there was nothing that really ever prepared you for. So, so a lot of it was, uh, what was, um, I'd say a lot of what I learned was how to pick my teeth up, <laughs> you know, like you get hit and you get picked. How do I pick this back up and mm-hmm. continue faithfully? Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a lot of, uh, seminaries, what I talk about, I use this phrase kind of like this ivory tower mentality, like and the seminarians are, they're kind of, they get this idea, like they're getting, you know, they're learning to read Greek and they're learning to read Hebrew and they're learning how to exegete, you know, and how, you know, and, and, uh, homiletics and all you know all these big fancy words that they that they can come up with you know they got their eschatology and they got their ecclesiology and they got all these things you know and, and they're and they're like there's this world of hungry people out there that are just waiting for me to get there and share all this knowledge with them you know and they're just <laughs> going to be like you know like oh you're so great help us to really learn the bible and then you get to a church and you go like yeah, no, that's yeah. not the way it is. They're <laughs> not just, they're not just like pour into us your mm-hmm. wisdom that you've gained over <laughs> these years. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's real people. Most of them think they know more than you already. Uh, most of them are older than you. Most of them have lived lives and, yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, uh-huh. Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, that, that reminds me of another question that I had asked was like, um, the expectations that the church has of you is different than what like you expect to give them i don't know it just was different like th- yeah. those expectations like one of the heaviest things for you guys yeah if you have 100 people in your church and you hand them all a piece of paper and say write down my job description you're gonna get 120 answers mm-hmm. you know it, it's just everyone has a different expectation and managing those expectations is tough mm-hmm. for sure you know mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a difficult role um and that's what someone just recently asked like about my calling and i was like i don't i don't necessarily see that scripturally um i see the calling is to follow jesus and he's going to walk me where he desires like when jesus showed up he said hey follow me and that was that was all the calling that we needed mm-hmm. uh, what i do realize is there's literally nothing else i could be doing like i look at other jobs and i've, I've worked in other jobs and there's literally nothing else i could be doing than than vocational ministry like and there's your calling. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and there's your sign. Right. Yeah. And, and that's it. You know, I, I've, I, I went to Clarion university here for a year, um, for phys ed. Cause I thought I want to work with students. Mm-hmm. I don't care for math that much. So this is the place that I can get involved <laughs> and not do math and Still work with, with students, children, you yeah. know, and, uh, we can play dodgeball and life will be good. Yeah. And, and so I, I did that for a year. Absolutely hated it. And then ended up at Liberty University with a uh, going for ministry, and um, and people would say, "What's your backup plan?" I'm like, "There isn't one," so I'm just going to do what Jesus is asking me to do <laughs> and chase that down. Mm-hmm. So, awesome, yeah. um, Jason. Do you want to ask one of sure. your questions? So one of the things we often talk about is, um, especially within our league and that kind of stuff. So kind of just give your opinion, your view of what the state of discipleship. Discipleship's a big you know, buzzword within the church world right now mm-hmm. um, that, you know, everybody's writing about discipleship and talking about discipleship, but, but uh, just kind of give us, you know, and obviously 3D disciples and mm-hmm. discipleship journey and all that kind of stuff, um, trying to phrase everything in that. So kind of give us your view of discipleship in the state of the church right now. Uh, it's, 
it's struggling. Uh, I'd say most of your pastors, whether it's coming out of seminary or have been in the in the work for a while, aren't certain they've ever seen a good model of discipleship uh, played out in their own in their own view, uh, let alone their own ministry. Uh, so so we're struggling, and uh, I I think discipleship requires a high, pretty high pain tolerance if you're going, mm. and that's something that, like for me, I've told our church is I have no desire to find myself serving somewhere else. I want to put 30 or 40 years in here, disciple you along, and retire. Like when I, and I always say like, and I, I get a few people fired up when I say this, but like when I'm getting a little senile and I've got a funny smell, Shove me out the door, <laughs> shove me out the door and, uh, and bring the next faithful servant in. And, and so, uh, so that, that's kind of the, the heart is to, to sit down and do a long time with these people. And, um, you know, if you are spending all of your time at barbecues with healthy sheep, you aren't doing any discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, discipleship, you're in the gutter with rough folk and, and really spending some time trying to pull people out of the pit of humanity, mm-hmm. um, all the while, I think, well, I think it's James talks about, like, don't fall in that pit yourself. Right, you know? right. And so, so discipleship has, like I said, it just requires a high pain tolerance. Like, you're going to get kicked around yeah, a lot. Amen to that. Well, and, and well, I admire that thought. One of the things that I, I realized, you know, they, they have all these marks of what makes a good pastor or, or, or a healthy church, you know, depending on what you look at. And pastor tenure is one of those things. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I decided really early on, that's the one thing that I have the most control over. Yeah. is staying yeah. And, yeah. And, and being faithful. And and I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, I think I would say this. I, I, the discipleship, even the 3D journey, um, I couldn't have done that in the first four years I was here, five right. years I was here. It's, you know, once we once I've reached about eight years, nine years, ten years, uh, kind of built the relationship and the trust factor with the congregation, like, okay, you know, because we, you know, we had a, like, quote, unquote, come to Jesus moment where I said, you know, we either going to get busy about trying something new or we're just, you know, we're busy living, busy dying kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I had put enough time in and build enough relationships and enough trust value that, okay, we, can, mm-hmm. we, we, we hear you. Uh, if I'd have tried that in the first five years, yeah, they would be like, thanks, <laughs> but no thanks. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, if you're going to make a difference somewhere, you got to stick around for a while. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I look at some of our mainline denominations and I'm not going to name them because it's your podcast, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but you look at, look at mainline denominations and, they're struggling and they have a model where we shove our guys around constantly and we play the shell game, you know, and, and you're, you're sitting there thinking, scratching your head, like he just started to get traction and you moved him to a new spot. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they say it takes about seven years for your folks to trust you. And that, mm-hmm. I'd say that's accurate. Maybe longer in Northwest Pennsylvania. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of the, you know, that pick yourself up by your bootstraps, the kind of independent yeah. frontier spirit that, yeah. that is in our area. And that's not bad about them. That's just that they're strong people mm-hmm. who are who are self-reliant. Yeah, know? they're going to make you earn it. And they yeah. should. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, you got to prove yourself to be, you know, you know, second Timothy workman that's not ashamed of, of what he's doing. And uh, you got you got to put yourself out there and chase it down and um, and really prove to the people that you're going to that you care about them, you know. Mm-hmm. And like as your guys as sheep, I'll say this um, and you're talking about it being a high pain tolerance. 
and developing the trust. I wouldn't be willing to go through this manual because we just talked about, I think, a recent episode. Like, baptism is one commitment. Choosing to be a disciple is a whole nother commitment. And I wouldn't be willing to do that if I didn't trust and your sermons didn't explain what was Jesus saying and why this is so important. Mm -hmm. Why is it such a must? And so as your sheep, I'm, I'm getting that and I'm getting that trust and I'm willing to, like, see what's on the other side of, like, the importance of being a disciple and how that pays dividends to every human that we encounter. So, good job. <laughs> well, I mean, this isn't one of the questions we had pre-planned, but I'm interested. Uh, so, what do you think about the bifurcation, the division between evangelism and discipleship? Uh, <laughs> bifurcation. Um, the, the division, like, because yeah. everybody, oh, let's go, you know, they, they like evangelism is one thing and discipleship is another thing, you know. Is and, it? <laughs> well, I, I would argue that it's not. Yeah. But for a long um, time, you know, people, oh, we're going to be good at evangelism. We're going to just evangelize, evangelize, evangelize. And then there's no discipleship after that. Well, yeah. Evangelized into what would be a question, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so come to our church. It's fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> who gives a rip what your church like? Are you going to talk to me about Jesus Christ and you're going to show me how to follow after Him or not? You know, mm-hmm. and, and so so the, really the reality is like evangelism has to have the end. evangelism without discipleship is not biblical. Yeah. Period. I would agree. Yeah, and, and so you know the goal is always a deeply committed disciple of Jesus Christ. Always, you know, and, well, and I think not, about the passage you were quoting, you know, he didn't say, Hey, he didn't show up on the shore and say, Hey, believe in me. He right. said, follow me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I make the joke at our church that if you call yourself a follower of Christ, you might have to follow him from time to time. And, <laughs> and, and so, so, but it, it does carry that idea of like, um, you know, uh, my my friend Tony, I have a, a good friend, Tony, I consider him a mentor of mine. Uh, actually my son's middle name is, Anthony because of this guy, you know, and he, he walked a very dark road with me. And so, uh, so, so I'm sitting in the chair I'm in today doing the work I'm doing today because Tony was in my life 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and, and, you know, one of the things that he, he even said just recently was, uh, if I have a, a timer to go off to pray and I don't pray, then I'm God in my life and not God mm-hmm. because I'm not doing the thing that he called me to do. I set that timer because I knew he wants me to stop what I'm doing and spend some time and pray, but I'm being God in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, most people I see are God in their own life and they're the ones who call the shots and they're disciples of themselves. And I'm mm-hmm. going to chase after my own things. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it just so happens that going to church is one of the things that I want, you know? Uh, and so we find ourselves with, you know, hopefully not y'all, but, and hopefully not me, but you know, churches with people in it that the big church, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that want to sit, uh, and, uh, and have the label of churchgoer mm-hmm. be able to check that box off and say, okay, I'm good with God. When the reality is, is they're their own God and they're following their own discipleship. Yeah. That was one of the, the big things that Jason's been bringing up, which he keeps calling the big three. I don't know if he's mentioned in the podcast, mm-hmm. but that, you know, it's not going to church, reading your Bible and praying. Not that those aren't all important spiritual right. disciplines, but they're being a forgiver in this world, self-denying <laughs> and yeah. living in unity, and living with, in unity. With mm-hmm. everybody. which right. I had said in a recent podcast that 
you know, being selfless was one of the hardest things for me, but I've been studying forgiveness and I'm like, Oh, that's really hard too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're all super hard. Yeah. 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 And they're all three things that Jesus said you must do. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he never said you must read the Bible, but he said you must forgive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I mean, we even run into that at our church too, where, uh, we, um, we canceled Sunday school one week so that we could have like a fellowship picnic type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather was getting nice and we're like, Hey, let's get, let's do a little get together. And I had someone kind of corner me at church, uh, after church Sunday morning and say, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says we should cancel Sunday school for a picnic. And I was like, can you show me Sunday school in the Bible? <laughs> Just to begin with, and, and like, cause I can show you where it says we should constantly break bread with one another. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just as important as sitting down to a class and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then, then like the nerd in me is like, you know where Sunday school come from? Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> and you know, like, I, I, I want I want to lay out all my knowledge, but uh, but but it was you know it's kind of those moments that you stop and think like you know are we actually focused on the things that matter or are we disciples of a different time period? Are we disciples of a different yeah pa- pattern? You know yeah. So one of the uh, debates we have around this table, or we've had uh, around this table for a, a number of times, uh, is what's the difference, the distinguishing difference? So there's three Ds, develop, yep. display, deploy. Yeah. So the develop is, we got that. That's like learning all this stuff that Jesus told us to do, like learning how Jesus lived and trying to live and mimic what Jesus lived. But what's the difference? And so this is one of Hannah's favorite questions. So really, <laughs> yeah. how do you see the difference between displaying and the deploying. I'm the still other working on this too. <laughs> There's no difference. Next question. <laughs> oh, yay! Someone else struggles. Or like, it's like, what? I, these, these two are so correlated. Um, you did have a good um, thing you said the other day. And sorry, sorry, Tom, to cut you off. But you said that, you know, the lighthouse is like the light shining out and it's letting people alert, like, hey, there's. I'm the safe spot that you need to get to. Mm-hmm. But deploy was that rescue swimmer who went out and grabbed the person on the boat to bring them back to the shoreline. Which yeah, is good. That, that's the idea is, you know, because you see both concepts scripturally. So, of course, you're going to see it in your model here. But the idea is the world should be able to look at you and see that you're different. You know, the, they will know you're my disciples by your love. Like they should be mm-hmm. able to look at you and see that, see a difference. That doesn't mean they've experienced the love of Christ or they've mm. experienced the love that you have for them, but they can see the love that you have for one another and know that there's, that you belong to Jesus. Like, and that's the idea. Mm-hmm. So, so of course, display lifestyle evangelism, I'm going to live my life in such a way that the world will know that I'm different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then deploy where I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to use my mouth to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, Cause I think a lot of people are real comfortable with, I'll live my life according to biblical precept. Mm-hmm. And, and I can do that in front of my coworkers. Uh, but to sit down with a guy and say, do you understand why you're in the spot you're in is because you don't have Jesus Christ in the background helping run your life. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, I can you, relate to that. I'm that person that. Yeah. <laughs> who's just like, I'm willing to display, but to go out and talk and bring up Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah I have a friend who has a different. little saying, and I can't ever get it just right, but there's something about, you know, we need to sh- share the, the best message in the world with people, you know, preach the best message we can, and if necessary, use words. You know, mm-hmm. and so he's very heavy on that yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to live and people's going to see and it's just going to, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be my witness. And I'm never going to to say anything. Yeah, I, I can't be friends with your friend. 
no, I, I, I don't see that from a biblical pre- point for you that there is the necessity to say with your mouth, like no one's going to look necessarily at your behavior and say, can you lead me into the ways of life and in, in, in Jesus Christ and he died and crossed for me? Like you, you're going to have to at some point say, you know, Jesus has more for you than what you're giving yourself right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and that's actually, uh, such a soft touch to get into an evangelistic conversation. Uh, cause there's a lot of, you know, you talk about a lot of the debates that our church has found itself in, you know, say the, uh, same sex marriage debate, you know, um, I think if we lead with abomination, we could lose people. If we lead with Jesus has more for you than what you're giving yourself. Mm -hmm. We have opened a door now to a deeper conversation. And, uh, and that, that line goes for anything. Yeah. Absolutely. It goes for anything. Yeah. You know, it goes for like my friend who was addicted to bicycle riding and yeah. bicycle riding was his idol, you know, yeah. and he's, and he came to this realization, like racing bikes is my idol. And like, he mm-hmm. like sold all his bikes and he won't even buy a bike and ride with his children now because that was his <laughs> idol, you know, but you know, like God wants more for you than, than you being a championship bicycle rider. Right. You know, there's, right. there's more or whatever, whatever replaces God, God, God. And I think that's one of the things I've been struggling with, even thinking about, we've been talking about love quite a bit is, is that God wants more for us than we want for ourselves. And as pastors, we want more for our people mm-hmm. than many of them want for themselves. And that, that mm-hmm. I've been struggling with that pain. Like I want such good things for people I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I know doing it God's way is so much better. And I take that hit. And then every time I take that kind of little hit on me, I'm reminded, oh, that's how God feels about how I'm acting today. <laughs> you know, right. that yeah. kind of thing. Like he wants better for me than yeah. I'm even wanting for myself. Yeah. And I, I obviously I'm going to daily give myself to something that God doesn't want for me. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the reality. And, you know, I uh, tell our church that, too, like. If you knew the guy that was preaching up here, you'd probably hold your kid tighter. You know, like that's just the the way it is because uh, you don't realize the sin that someone else is walking in or the issues that someone else has to deal with and the stuff that they they carry. And, you know, the old saying of if if we all piled our problems on the floor, we'd pick our own back up pretty quick, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and because as much as it is a, burden to carry our own stuff the reality is is it was it's not necessarily anything compared to someone else's weight and so uh i think and he's kind of especially equipped us to carry our own stuff uh but yeah that that idea of like i wish i want more for me than i give myself to mm-hmm. and i want more for my people than they give themselves to and uh, and that's that's part of the pain of discipleship mm-hmm. you know is watching like man if you could just get a hold of this you, you'd not believe yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, well, even going through this, I've learned how much I was just re- reminding myself weekly that I, I like what you said, you know, discipleship has a high pain tolerance. I, I'm learning, I'm learning mm-hmm. how difficult actually yeah. being a disciple. It's, it's all fun and games. Yeah, I love Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus mm-hmm. until you start looking at all this thing he wants for you and what that means and loving your enemy and all, you know, all these being humble and all yeah. these things. You're like, holy Man, that's tough. Yeah, like you wrote the yeah. skeleton of the manual, and you're still like, hmm, it's not for me. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> no, it has to. Well, be. Well, that's you know, uh, it, I say it tongue in cheek, but it's pretty serious. Is is one of the things like how many times um, someone in the church has felt comfortable enough to come tell me all the things they don't like about me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and, uh, 
And you just take that on the chin because it's like, okay, I, I can suffer through that. Like it's, so you don't like something about me. That's okay. I, I kind of don't care for it myself, you know, but it's a part of my character. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, but there, there are a lot of things that just happen to a pastor, especially on the weekly that it's like, man, that hurt. Oh, that hurt. You know, and, and mm-hmm. you just kind of take those hits. Like you said about like suffering, suffer for the Lord, you know, or, you know, but yeah, that's the, the way it goes, mm-hmm. you know, I, you, the old joke, you only work one day a week. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And my comeback is it's a 60 hour day. But that's reality, you know, I you, believe you it. don't see it. Um, for our develop step, we have an, or there's action steps associated with each D. And so for develop, the action step is what we call chord groups. Jason, can you like explain or break so down a what a chord group? Three group? or four kind of meeting mm-hmm. together, sharing life on a deeper level. That's yeah. kind of yeah. one of, you know. And the other option are like community groups, which is like eight to 12 people, More which we have general some. General small group. Which yeah. we have some of those meeting. And so I was yeah. just curious if there's anything set up like that in your church. And like if there is, how would that change the dynamic of church life? Uh, there isn't. Uh, we we tinkered around with it for a little bit uh and and it went pretty well and then the moment in history happened that and, we and just, know the name that no one yeah. Up <laughs> um, yeah and, and so so that came through in the early 2000s and kind of we had a few that the head fell away and then a few that were sticking around and it fell out but uh something i try our church isn't huge i mean we're actually what about 140 somewhere at ballpark but uh still knowing our people well enough to pair them up on our own so mm-hmm. you know um and they might not even realize it so if anyone from my church is watching this i'm like hey hold <laughs> on. Uh, but I'll, I'll pull them over and say hey have you met so and so and just kind of start to pull those relationships in and try yeah. and uh and 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 because i i know them well enough to say they're gonna jive yeah. and um and then uh we have had where i've pulled some different people aside and said these two people are like you just run with your runners. You know what I mean? Like these two people want to run, let's run with them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was two ladies and, and I pulled one of our other ladies that's real mature in her faith. And I was like, will you run with them? You know? And then they kind of were able to disciple a little bit. And, and so we've kind of done it a la carte, you know, almost. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I would like to, uh, I guess ask you guys how, how that implementation went for you. So then I can learn and do it myself. And well, we're doing it pretty organically similar. Uh, right now we're still in just the phase of talking about it. And, you know, this is part of the, you know, we're in the middle of this, of this journey. And so we're going to talk more about, we're going to talk about the biblical word koinonia uh, and what that word means and uh, how, like there's a special word for love in the Bible, agape, you know, this is yeah, a special yeah, yeah. word. And there's a special word for community, uh, the koinonia, and that's, right. a, it's special for the church. And so we're right. going to talk about that. And, I but think we had an episode about koinonia. Well, we may have already mentioned yeah. that. And, and so anyway, so we're just, got, we're in this process of getting people to think about it and talk about it. And we've got some started up, but we're, we're kind of leaving it in that we want it to be organic and not, right. and not a program. Yeah, if you do it like, because we kicked around a bunch of ideas, like maybe we do this geographically where yeah. people live, and it's like, okay, yeah, but I'll drive forty five minutes to be with someone that I really connect right. with over mm-hmm. 
walk across the street to be with someone that I don't, you know? So, so it's, it's not about distance. It's more, and we, we've got people, I don't know if you're seeing that, but we have people that are, that connect with our church and they'll drive 55 minutes to an hour to get to our place because they connect with the family here. Mm -hmm. And, and that's just, you know, we, we talk about that all the time. This is a family. This is not, it's a, it's not a, a group of people that worship God in the same building. We are a literally a family, which requires vulnerability and it requires some surrender and you're going to lay some of your preferences down. And, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. as a, as a person who's the church goer for a way, I think the chord groups can form and is like you guys convincing us that it's worth it. Mm. Not that it's worth it, but that it one it's a part of becoming a, a follower of Jesus. You can't do it alone. It's right. like kind of encouraging right. that a lot. Um, and that there's a benefit to going through life together with someone else. And like yeah. I, the core group I'm involved in and my core group, my husband's involved in the meetings have been very rocky, like <laughs> scheduling. And, and yeah. so they're not, you know, they're not these beautiful flowing things. I do think that they will grow. I mean, I kind of see them more like these flowers that start from a seed. The stem will grow up and all these petals will bloom, but those relationships take a really long time. But yeah, just encouraging your churchgoers that fellowship is key. Well, one final question, I guess. Are you yeah, done? go for uh, it. One final Are question. <laughs> this is, Are you done? This, Are you done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is there anything in what you've heard from the podcast that's like really stuck with you? Like, like, is there a, like a takeaway, like this thing, this thing helped? Hmm. Uh, or maybe not. No, it, it was uh, one of the... One of them was koinonia, that idea that uh, if we are getting together and having a meal together, that's not koinonia. That if we sit down and Jesus is at the center of this in our conversations and in our thoughts and in the way that we structure ourselves and we have a meal, right. <laughs> Jesus Jesus being the centerpiece, uh, then yes, that's that's koinonia. You know, the, the, the central element is Christ because a lot of people are comfortable having a, a meal together. Um, yeah, but uh, then also just on that conversation of uh, display and deploy, you know, I was I was in the gym because um, usually that's where I throw my headphones in and catch as much as I can while I'm there, and uh, and it was that idea came up and I was like I never thought about how someone like obviously I saw that and I thought okay there's lifestyle evangelism and then there's go get out there and get your hands dirty. I didn't think that someone sitting out there would be like it was the same thing. and and, you know would have that difficulty of definition yeah and and so you know i was like how many things do i say that people are so confused by but it's so clear to me you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so yeah i kind of wrestled through that a little bit but you know it's that sort of thing that and i probably missed the second half of the podcast because i'm thinking about all the things i say that no one can think (laughs) about um and let it play but yeah that uh just from it those those two ideas actually were big ones that that as you guys discussed through them that they mm-hmm. were really good that's two-thirds of the 3ds so that's good right. <laughs> we'll take that <laughs> all right well tom we really appreciate you coming on it's oh, been awesome you having, having you yeah, yeah. so yeah. anything else here. jason no i'm good i appreciate i appreciate the friendship the partnership mm-hmm. you know one of the things that that i really like about our league and i just kind of throw this last thing out there mm-hmm. is we're involved in something that I think is particularly special. Mm. And, you know, we have a diverse group of pastors who have very diverse theology, um, but we're very kingdom minded. Yeah. And, and I just yeah. kind of want to give a shout out to the Lord for that, because I think it is 
one of the most biblical, godly, and it challenges my own discipleship about how to be with people who are different than me, but live in unity, right. and that unity is built around you know who Christ is, who Jesus is, and, yeah. and that's a, a good thing. And I'm glad you're part of that. And um, I look forward to continuing to serve the Lord here in this area for some time yet. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, till you retire. Yeah, till you get old and smelly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Our prayer is that you've heard something today that will help you be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. We also want to encourage you to make sure you take your next step in your discipleship journey by considering what it is you would do about what you heard today and then go and do it. Finally, we want to invite you to join us at 1030 on Sundays, either at our Main Street campus in downtown Clarion between Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's or online at fbcclarion.com. God bless. <laughs>